Welcome back. I'm Carla and that's Lauren. Hi! And this is Tripping with ABA Owl, Season 2, Episode 2. So, quick disclaimer at the beginning. As usual, these are our thoughts and experiences. We are not claiming to know everything. We are only speaking from our own experience. Uh, anything from the previous podcast? I don't Lauren? think so. I can't off the top of my head no. think of anything. Sorry. No, I just wanted to remind everyone that we changed our podcast structure. Uh, and I, like I just said, this is season two, episode two. We will be doing five episodes for the first part of the season, have a break, then do other five episodes, and then another break. So we do hope this is not too confusing. And I also wanted to say, like, not, I was listening to the previous episode before we recorded today. And I get so annoyed with my accents. I feel like I'm eating the words. Honestly, I feel like, can you not speak English? Like, it, I actually feel really pissed off at myself oh. whenever I listen to the episode. I'm like, can you please speak correctly? But yeah. Yeah, the South know. African accents, obviously, it's not a very um, easy listening one. Um, so I guess I disagree. You. I love your accent. Really? I love your accent. I'm sure it's stronger now. Yeah. That I've been here for two years now. I don't know. But like, but the thing is, the problem is not even the accent. The problem is wh- how how sometimes I pronunciate the words oh. because sometimes I say something and it sounds like another word. Oh. Like it's almost like I I'm not saying the words correct. Like I don't know. Like I wanted to say the word leads and I said lid. Like, it's just, oh, it sounds... I haven't noticed it, to be honest. I, I don't really notice that much. That's because you're used to me. Yeah. But I, I, oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I get really annoyed at myself, because sometimes I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being too strict. But yeah. Anyway, on to the podcast. Be nice to yourself, Carla. <laughs> it's hard, but we can mm. do it. We've got to be, we've got to be, my friend always says, we've got to be gentle with ourselves. I um, know, but when you're recording, yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, no one's complained about my voice. No, so, of course know. they haven't. Um, so hopefully. Okay, cool. So our topic for today, and Carl and I feel this is obvious, but yes, is superstition or superstitions. Woohoo! Um, and we chose this topic because obviously it's Halloween month, and Carla loves Halloween. It's Yay. like her favorite thing ever. Well, this month, generally, it is. isn't it? Yes, I love October. Yeah. Like, I do love all the seasons, but I do have a thing for Halloween, and I like studying stuff about Halloween. Yeah. I, re- Halloween. I remember being really young and finding everything about Halloween really interesting. I've always been interested in things that are unusual. Other people think are unusual. I don't think they are. <laughs> As opposed to now when you're really old and you don't care about Halloween. <laughs> no, I like it still. But I think in South Africa it's not as fun because it's our hot time of the year. It's getting hot. So it's not as festive like it is in yeah. you know, the Northern Hemisphere where it's cold and kind of, um, yeah. there's that, you know. The, true, true, true. You know, it's just that beautiful autumn time or fall. You know, we don't really have that. We yeah. have the sweltering heat. So today's 31 <laughs> degrees and we're in spring. So yeah. How weird, I know. How weird was it when you went back to South Africa? Because you spent 10 years here, right? Yeah. And you know, so you have the season. You grew up with seasons one way, and then you had ten years in adult yeah. with seasons the other way, and then because your birthday used to be in during the cold, and then here is during the hot. Yeah, it is weird. I think I'm realizing <laughs> now. So. 
people in Zimbabwe will tell you that Zimbabwe is bi-seasonal. So they only have basically two seasons. They have hot or summer and they have, you know, not so hot. Um, they don't really oh, have winter. <laughs> so we, I, I'm starting to realize that South Africa is like that, but we do tend to have, like, we had a really cold snap. Like, I don't know if anyone saw, but we had snow in, like, places we've never, ever, ever had snow before. Um, which is really crazy and just makes me feel like the apocalypse is is upon us. Um, so global warming is real, guys. Don't believe what they say. Um, so, yeah, it, it just, we just have – so I think I'm realizing that I can still wear some of my clothes that I've hauled back from the UK here, which is quite nice because otherwise they're just they're there for no reason. And maybe one day, Carl, I'll be able to visit the cold UK, which I would love because I miss that – I miss – I don't know what I miss. I don't really think about it. It's weird. I don't really think about it. Like, obviously, I miss my friends. But I think I do miss the weather, like the dramatic weather. Um, and you know, also, it's weird because you went back and then shortly after was COVID. So it's almost like mm. two year, nearly two years have passed. But maybe in our brains, it hasn't been two years. Yeah, because, of course it hasn't. Because if. Because everything stopped. Yeah. It's so weird. It's weird. It's, yeah, feels like it's it, weird it feels like we're living in a vacuum. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, limbo. Exactly. But anyway, it's, you know, it's Halloween month and we've wanted Ooh, to actually Halloween. do this for a long time. And it's kind of given us the opportunity. Yeah. So we're going to go for it. Um, and yeah. we're going to talk about some stuff that um, we find really interesting. If you guys have any other stuff you want to feel free to communicate with us you know, about Halloween or topics you're interested in us talking about or anything that we say on the podcast, you can email us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website, which is abaowls.com. Of course, you can also um, message us on Instagram, which is at aba underscore owls or on Facebook at aba owls. All the aba and all the owls. Oh, it's always just such such a mouthful to say all of it. I know, it's pretty, like, you get into oh. it and then you're like, I've still got more things to say. Okay. Okay, cool. Should yeah. we get started? Yes, go for it. Okay, so I'm going to start, and as per usual, Carter and I are going to follow our what, you know, how and why, maybe our what, where and when, sorry, not what, where and when, who, where and when, and then we're going to give you some of our thoughts and feelings as we go along, as we normally do. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for what. Because we have to talk about what a superstition might be or what it means to us. All right. Various superstitions. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into the what of it all. What exactly is superstition? Okay. And, and usual Carla and Lauren's style, we look up things in the dictionary because we want a good definition. And I looked up, we looked up at a few different places. So the Oxford Dictionary defines it as. The belief that a particular events happen in a way that cannot be explained by reason or science. The belief that particular events bring good or bad luck. Okay, and I'll say it again, reason or science. These are two key areas in our field. Okay, so we're going to talk a little about that in a bit. Wikipedia defines superstition. They have a lot more, um, seem to have a lot more detail. That's why I included it. Mm. Superstition as any belief or practice considered by non-practitioners to be irrational or supernatural, attributed to fate or magic, perceived supernatural influence, or fear of that which is unknown. It is commonly applied to beliefs and practices surrounding luck, amulets, astrology, fortune-telling, spirits, and certain phenomenal entities. Particularly the belief that future events cannot can be foretold by specific, and then they've got in brackets, apparently unrelated prior events. 
Nostradamus. Yeah. So I like that they went a little bit to town on these on their um definition. <laughs> they went to town. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that like things like wearing your lucky socks and carrying a certain stone or going to fortune tellers is kind of considered a bit of superstition, you know. Um mm-hmm. And sort of in terms of behavioral terms, because obviously we're talking about superstitions and we want to understand how they fit into behavioral understanding for us and this podcast. So in terms of behavioral definitions, Skinner did mention that superstitious behaviors are particularly described as superstitious because they emerge in the absence of actual environmental contingencies. Okay. And that's from his 1948 writings on superstition in the pigeon. Okay. And a study by Timberlake and Lucas in 1985 refers to superstitious behavior as behavior that emerges under a response independence schedule, but without presumption as to its causation. So basically, they're saying there's no real clear antecedent to the cause of the response, which occurs without a reinforcement schedule. And we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go along, because it does seem a bit wordy, some of these explanations. It's very wordy. You know, they love a wordy thing, our ABA folk. They do. They do. Um, so, you know, we know, if, like, let's talk about the ones we know. So what is considered superstitious? So let's list a few. So I think that some common, maybe, should we say, international ones, like throwing your salt over your left shoulder, don't walk under a ladder, you know, breaking glass is, or breaking a mirror is seven years of bad luck. And the one of our, I remember I still get tra- trouble for this, but you don't open umbrella, umbrellas and doors, okay? Oh, yeah. Or knock on wood. I've never heard this one, don't say happy birthday before the day. I've never heard that one. It, maybe it's maybe it's Portuguese. Okay. Don't Because we say that a lot. Oh, really? Okay. Mm, yeah. Um, don't place two mirrors across from each other. Okay, don't cheers with water. Keep your shoes off the table. That one's, but that one's just gross isn't it that's hygiene that's just hygiene yeah, it's just not okay um bird poop or brings you good fortune okay don't don't cut your hair on a tuesday oh gosh um eat what you're craving when you're pregnant or your child will be born with a face that looks like the food you craved and didn't eat Hawaza. um four leaf clovers are lucky and that friday the 13th is considered a bad day although i'm pretty sure some people tell us it's a good thing i don't know <laughs> I mean, it depends on the perspective. Like, in Portugal, we do say don't walk backwards because it's like you're showing the devil uh, the path towards you, like, the the way you're going. Gosh. So when I was a... Yeah, and of course, because I was a kid. Since I, as an adult as well, I always made a point of doing it. <laughs> to see what just, would happen. Just when... Especially because my grandmother was so annoying yeah. with it. And in Portugal, like, they say... I think it's Portuguese and Spanish. Like, eat 12 sultanas or raisins on New Year's Eve at the stroke of midnight uh, for luck. And you make 12 wishes. And, because I don't like... Well, now I eat... I like raisins. But before I didn't, so I always ate grapes. Because I think in Spain they eat grapes instead of raisins. Okay. And, and I heard one recently from a Portuguese person saying, don't say the word tick like the bug or you're gonna get one really yeah and i'm just where does the 12 really? sultanas or raisins come from they're so random why 12 i on honestly i didn't have the patience to look into yeah. it but like it's 12 i don't know because it's midnight 12 oh okay maybe listen anyone so who's you, listening like, who's you, portuguese and has time <laughs> let us know what that people. means <laughs> zero people <laughs> Other than my sister, not even my parents listen anymore. Oh, like, they bored my of parents us. say like, 
No, no, they say we talk too fast. I'm sorry. Speak too fast. I, I, and I'm like, I really do try to speak slower, but I get excited, and I know that's an issue. I don't think we don't speak too fa- like we speak fast, but like I think we do a good pace for the podcast. It's just that they don't they they don't practice English daily, so even though yeah. they are very good with English, yeah, their English is amazing. It's not. I've met Carla's parents. Yeah, guys. yeah, she did, and it's not, but it's not fluent to the point of. Keeping up with the like yeah. a daily conversation. I suppose it must know? be quite painful to try and keep up with it. It it was the first month I moved here. I had a headache every day because yeah. it was really hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, all the accents and exactly stuff, yeah. kind of process stuff. Well, you know, guys, yeah. I'm gonna tell you a bit about South African um, superstitions um, because we have quite a lot of mixing of different people or different cultures and. Um, we have, you know, we have 11 official languages. So we've got a lot of um, multicultural people living and living in South Africa. And I think it's interesting. I talk to people about things often. Um, and where I am situated in South Africa, we have the Zulu nation. So Shaka Zulu um, people um, who came from his group of people from North Africa and moved down. So one of the things that Zulu people say is that a hammerkorp Bird, which is basically it's Afrikaans word, but translated means hammerhead. And if you look up hammerkop as an H A M M E R K O P, you will see it's the shape of the head. It actually looks like a hammer. So that's the name. It doesn't have an English translation. I looked it up. Um, if that flies over your roof, the hammerkop bird, that someone in your family will die. Um, God, oh my God! Yeah. So they get really freaked out when <laughs> they see them. Um, and another one is well, that I've heard, and I don't know where it comes from. My mom's friend used to say it, that you mustn't look at a new moon through glass. Okay. And oh. I get always get annoyed with myself when I do this, even though I don't really believe in it. I don't know. Maybe because I'm trying to like bring myself the best luck. Um, but the most common one amongst the Zulu people of South Africa is called the Tokoloshi. Okay. And I remember hearing about this when I was young. And I will explain a little bit more as we go along. Okay, so basically, it's this is, Tokoloshi is like a dwarf-like water spirit, okay, and is considered mischievous and an evil spirit that will become invisible by drinking water or swallowing a special stone. I've heard this, you know, that is often used to scare children into listening to adults because otherwise they'll get punished punished by the Tokoloshi. Okay. Before, oh God! Manipulation one on one. All the time. I think it's kind of like the boogeyman. You're like you mustn't say. You know. Yeah. That whole yeah. thing is someone's under your bed. So you mustn't get out of bed at night. You must stay in your bed and be good and go to sleep. Otherwise, the boogeyman's gonna oh, come. Oh well. What was that film that was about the boogeyman? Yeah. What kind was of like that the boogeyman? Film? Oh my God! It was Babadook. Is yeah, the Babadook? Gosh. Oh my God! It's just the creepiest. Yeah. I love the It's the creepiest exactly. thing ever. And like, oh. so the information I've just read you know is information on what i googled okay and i found on the internet and i remember similar things when i was young but fortunately i work with a lot of zulu people and then i've asked them about the superstition okay and first of all i'm not sure it's a superstition as i've been firmly informed that this is real and people believe this is like true this happens (laughs) um but some i don't know if they're telling me that because i'm not zulu i don't know okay um the one Zulu lady I work with told me that it isn't a Zulu thing, but it's an African thing, and that the Zulu name for it is Tokoloshi, but they have other names for it. Um, she couldn't tell me the other names, but she was telling me that she knows people of other cultures that are um, of African heritage, but aren't Zulu, that have a similar creature. 
Um, she also told me that it's a type of sorcery that one is cursed with, okay? And it's usually people that curse you who dabble in dark magic and that the spirit of the Tokoloshi inhabits a dead body and will carry Jesus. out the wishes of the person who used the dark magic. Um, that they never appear during the day, only at night. And but basically, so it's like possession. Yeah, it's like a zombie-like thing. Um, and she explained yeah. to me that if inhabited my body, that it the it would look like me, but it wouldn't be me. Um, it sounds like doppel, almost like doppelgangers. Yeah, as well. very um, interesting. Hey? Kind of like that. Um, yeah. But basically, um, how the superstition evolved was or has been explained with fact is that traditionally people slept on the floor on grass mats and they had a fire in the middle of the their house um, that used to keep them warm when it was cold and what people didn't realize is when the fire was depleting their oxygen levels you know as the carbon monoxide is heavier than oxygen and it sinks so people were dying due to carbon monoxide poisoning which they weren't aware of Okay, and due to their deaths being unexplained at the time, people realize they need to be elevated when they sleep. So basically, um, there was like, people are dying when they're on the floor, but when they're not on the floor, they're not dying, okay? So it became the superstition that if you were low, or your bed was low, that the tokoloshi would climb up and be able to, you know, up your bed and kill you. So if you visit a lot oh of Zulu homes, there are, beds are on bricks. So they have like... Th- Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine Zulu people going to Japan for... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and they're staying over in all the beds. <laughs> um, so, like... Oh, my so days. So, their beds are, like, on bricks. So, they, they're raised. Now, you know, mm. this also may be untrue, but it's the information that I was able to glean. And I just thought it was really interesting, so I thought I'd share it with you. I did also research some Afrikaans ones, because Afrikaans people often have white heritage, you know, Dutch heritage. Um, but I couldn't find any good ones. But here are some. If you touch a toad, you'll be struck by lightning. I don't know if that's... Oh, God. I know. And that, okay. um, so that's all I could find Afrikaans stuff. I did Afri- I did ask Afrikaans people, but they didn't have any good ones to share. Um, often in Africa, the owl is considered a very bad omen. Okay? Oh, I know. So, owls. Owl, like, notoriously around Africa, a lot of African people are known to stone or kill owls if they, if they see them. Um, so basically, ABA owls won't be popular yeah. in South Africa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, they Bam. generally don't like them. It's basically so in Central Africa, the owl is familiar with wizards of to the Bantu, whatever that means. In East Africa, the Swahili believe that owl brings illness to children. In Southern Africa, oh, the Zulus know the owl is a sorcerer's bird. And in West Africa, the, it's seen as the messenger of witches and wizards. And the owl's Harry cry, Potter. you know, brings evil. Basically, but the point we're trying to drive here is that there's no scientific evidence that any of these things happen. But, you know, fascinatingly, these superstitions live on. So why is this happening? And, you know, the kind of superstitious behavior we'll be discussing when referring to superstition, we were referring to behaviors as we listed above, okay? They're widespread behaviors that people are aware of, even if they don't engage them, Okay. So, yeah, so let's find out about why and how. Thanks, Carla. Unless you have anything to add. No, well, I can just, like, it's just, it was just interesting. It's just, I like the Tukulush. I quite like that name. I don't know why. I just, like, I like Tukulush, just the way you say it. (laughs) I mean, honestly, uh, maybe I go to South Africa and I go, Tukulush, Tukulush, and everyone's like, (gasps) Yeah, no, they just, but also, it's so interesting, you know, about how cultures are so different, even though they live next door to each other. 
So yeah. South Africa is an interesting place because we have so many different types of people inhabiting a sp- inhabiting a space and sharing things together. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's me. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that's interesting and I'm gonna talk about now is like how do superstitions develop? And so in the behavioral articles we've read, well, and I'm sure there are many more about it. Like they focus more on researching the development and the maintenance of superstitious behaviors. So what they did in these articles that we've read were they test if it was due to accidental reinforcement or if a sequence of behavior develops resulting in the terminal reinforcer. And so the terminal enforcer is the reward, let's say, after doing the behavioral sequence. Like you brush your teeth and then you get the iPad. So the brushing the teeth was the sequence and the iPad's the terminal reinforcer. And so you either be receiving something positive, something good, like positive reinforcement, or avoiding something, so negative reinforcement. So when you re- something is removed and makes the behavior happen more. Either way, the reinforcement will increase the likelihood of the behavior happening again in the future. However, from the articles we've read, and I mean, let me count them, I have them here. Um, One, two, three, four, five, six. Six, from the six articles we have, and it's not a lot, I know, but some of them are long. Um, The studies focused more on developing new superstitious behaviors, not on analyzing the function of the already existing superstitious behaviors, and didn't focus on what's maintaining them either. And again, we're not saying those articles or studies on that area don't exist, but we did focus more on behavioral studies, not to mention that we don't have that much free time to be reading all these articles for all this free work. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's another topic. So there is this interesting small article on a website that Lauren found, on a website called China Daily, where they briefly discuss the content of popular superstition of breaking mirrors. And Lauren did mention this earlier about the breaking the mirrors and the seven years of bad luck. And they did mention that centuries ago, and I would even go as far as millennia ago, when they were trying to explain mysterious events, our ancestors used the knowledge they had. So with mirrors, seeing as they reflected people's images, they were considered to contain a part of someone's soul. And to break a mirror would be like to break a part of your soul, hence why they thought it was, hence the misfortune, that's why they thought it was bad luck. But instead, this example explains why and how This superstition arose, but it doesn't explain how and why it has been maintained throughout the years. But based on, you know, our ABA knowledge, we're just going to do our own hypothesis. And it is something called rule-governed behavior and learned behavior. So let's start with the ABA term, rule-governed behavior. This is a behavior that's controlled by a verbally stated rule. So Albert Kearney did explain the term very well in his book, and we mentioned this in one of the Hoot Chronicle episodes. can't remember which one, sorry, but we did cover this book. He said, and I quote, refers to situations in which some individuals respond well to verbal direction to do this or that, often with a consequence either clearly stated or implied, but that might not be actually experienced firsthand. 
So this is what rule-governed behavior is. And these rules, let's call them, can sometimes be socially maintained. So the behavior is controlled by the rule due to the social reinforcement or punishment that it's provided. And I think a lot of people have heard of the superstition concerning umbrellas, like as well, this was one that Lauren as well mentioned, um, that it's bad luck to open them inside. So this superstition or rule is told from generation to generation, but it hasn't been tested, not really. There's no evidence supporting that bad occurrences following opening umbrella indoors will happen. So I remember being a child and the same way I would mark the path to the devil, because that's just how I am. It's a party downstairs in hell. Um, I open an umbrella inside before stepping out into the rain. So uh, adults and children, like, listen, adults and children would actually shout at me for doing it. Hence, socially punishing me for breaking their rules, so their perception of what is real or what's or what I should be doing. And of course, Carla being Carla, I would open umbrellas inside every chance I got. <laughs> so, like, nothing ever happened, literally. Nothing ever happened, and people would sometimes still try to socially punish me for it. Like, don't do that, something will happen, why are you doing Like, proper upset at me. Oof. Well, I, I don't know the first time I heard this rule, but I do remember, I would ask people, like, why? Like, why is it bad? Like, why can't I do it? Like, what will happen? Like, what will happen? And nobody ever gave me a clear answer, because they didn't know. They just didn't know. And the superstition, not based, this superstition in particular, not based on evidence and with no known consequence, has stood strong amongst people and across generations. And a lot of the times, the justification is just, oh, just in case. That's, a, that's the answer. People say, just in case. And my interpretation is that the fear of the possibility that a horrible and unknown consequence might happen is stronger than our rationality of there is no evidence to support this. It's almost like if you don't do everything to prevent a disaster, if the disaster happens, it's your fault for not doing all these little superstitious behaviors. But it's like when crap happens, it just happens, you know? Um, as a final example, to show the opposite kind of effect, think about the behavior of wearing a seatbelt. And we use it for security, obviously, and there have been many occurrences, many, 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 too many, where the lack of seatbelts has caused death or really serious injuries. But there are still people who don't wear it. And why? Like, this is a rule. Why is this rule, which is for your own safety, which has a very real and potentially deadly consequence, sometimes taken less serious than a superstition? Is it because we know the consequence, whereas with the umbrella, it's an unknown consequence? Is it because people social reinforce the umbrella rule more than the seatbelt rule? Like, I never had kids shout at me for not wearing my seatbelt, but I've had plenty of kids shout at me for opening an umbrella inside. So, I mean, my parents couldn't care less about opening an umbrella inside. Literally, they didn't. But they were really strict with me with wearing a seatbelt. 
So I do wonder if the opposite had happened, if they'd cared more about the umbrella superstition, if I would take it more seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in South Africa, people don't wear seatbelts often. It's really interesting. Oh, and people drive like maniacs here. Like, it's literally a cowboy <laughs> country. Like, you, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so I don't understand it at all. And the first thing I do is put a seatbelt on. It's literally the first... So I, like, well, no. I get in the car. I lock the car. No, lock the doors. Yeah. Exactly. And then I put exactly. my seatbelt on. And like, it's a chain of behaviors. Yep. Like, it's my... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's my task and like, and then my... And then you turn yeah. on the car. It's always lock, seatbelt. Exactly. Turn on. So always. I never get that people just don't do it. And like I, you know, I get in the car with people here, and they're like, literally, just they're not wearing a seatbelt. And then the kid gets in, and they don't wear a seatbelt. And I'm like, okay, this is so weird. Oh yeah, I don't. I never start a car until everyone has a seatbelt on. I'm like, nope. Yeah. Do it. Oh no, my I grandmother. Make so yeah. My grandmother didn't like to wear a seatbelt because I think she's got she got to a point so fat it was for her oh I have to do this, and my parents like I think it was ten years ago or something I can't remember like they got cars that detect yes. if you haven't because she would pretend to put it she'll put her hand there to make it look <gasps> like she had it Shinky. on. And then when they got that car she couldn't do that anymore so, so they were cheeky. like uh-uh. and clever I mean like. <sighs> Listen, you know how she got her li- driving license? She bribed a man. Of course. Oh, listen, in Africa, that happens all the time. This is how things worked in the 40s and the 50s in Portugal. And still do, maybe. But, like, she bribed the guy. Cause she, and I, she told me this really proudly when I was a teenager. I said, Grandma, they're like, you know that's really bad no. because you're not a really good driver. <laughs> not okay. She was so pissed. <laughs> she was trying to tell this story about showing how savvy she was. And I just went, but that's really bad. And you're a really bad driver. Socially shunned <laughs> her. Is. You know. Like, she, honestly, she never put on the blinkers. Oh, my days. I remember being a child and and said, Grandmother, where are your blinkers? Because my parents did it. So I was like, Grandmother, you need to you need to signal where you're going. Like, oh. a child. Oh, my days. A child. Oh, anyway. Hey. Anyway, it's very oh. interesting. People are very interesting, guys. A lot of people in South Africa they put are. the seatbelt behind them and click it in. So that the, oh, the sensor... Oh, God. I hope I'm giving people ideas. That's really bad. Um, but no, hopefully not. Know. We have sensible listeners, of course we do. Um, okay, so I'm gonna talk about where, when, and who, and I kind of gonna talk about them all kind of together, guys. So, you know, where did superstitions start, or where do they originate, and when do they start, or you know, and then who, who, who are we talking about when we talk about superstitions? Okay, so yeah, kind of, kind of amalgamate them. I'll try and separate them the best I can, but you know, here goes. Okay. So where? I would say everywhere in the world, okay? There isn't a person Mm -hmm. I have met that doesn't have some kind of superstition. You know, I believe that it comes from cultural events or, you know, influenced by culture, or as Carla mentioned in her why section, how they evolve through Mm -hmm. rule-governed behavior and rules, okay? Um, And then also, like, when? And we've, Carla mentioned it, you know, briefly, but basically... You know, they're widely unknown when it started, the origins. But they, 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 you know, one of these websites say many, many back dates to ancient times. Okay, so that's the manual red eye, which is quite a good article um, that sort of spoke about Friday the 13th and a theory about Friday the 13th and why it's become um, unlucky. So that's kind of like where and who and when all at the same time. So let me just get go for mm-hmm. it. Okay, there's a theory about Friday the 13th being unlucky, and I thought it was really interesting, so I'll mention it here. Okay, so the superstition surrounding it, it's bad luck, 
on Friday the 13th comes from one of the, you know, the biblical Last Supper. Okay, because... Oh, because there's Christ and the twelve... Yeah, okay. So there's, plus, oh. there's 13 people at his supper. And the next day Jesus was arrested and crucified, okay? But it became unlucky to sit at the table with 13 people. Okay, and also, yeah. you know, turned into a more widespread negative association with the number 13. And also, yeah. I think... I don't know if I mentioned it here, but it was on... I think it was on a Friday that he was crucified, Okay, so oh. the Friday and the 13th became... Oh, here we go. Sorry. Today, tons of buildings skipped the labeling of the 13th floor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, wow. additionally, the crucifixion took place on a Friday. And therefore, the combination of both Friday and number 13 is considered extremely bad luck. So now we're throwing religion into it, which is going to further, you know, in, I'm, intensify... I'm not surprised. Exactly. I'm not surprised. Intensify yeah. and create more rule-governed behaviors because that's basically what morals are. They rule-governed behaviors. Didn't yeah? Didn't we go to the Jack the Ripper tour on Friday the 13th? Yeah, of course we did. Two, year, two years ago. And is there any other time to do it? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was interesting, though. Fascinating. I loved it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it is considered extremely unlucky, Friday the 13th. I mean, we had Friday the 13th mm. in August. And one of the kids at, at oh, the same time work with, it's his birthday. So, you know, it was, and it was very crazy, apocalyptic type weather then. It was raining and windy and stuff. Oh, my God. But, yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting. I don't consider it bad luck. I, yeah, I don't really think about it. But, see, I don't either. Yeah. Like, I, if someone mentions it, see, if someone says, oh, it's Friday, like, because there's this festival. Well, I don't know if there is anymore, but in Portugal, there used to be this festival thing in uh, a little town in Portugal, in, up north, where on Friday the 13th, they would do this witch trial thing. Oh, like, the, they had people... They had people, yeah, dress up as zombies and walk around town just creeping everyone out. And they do this fake witch trial uh, stuff. Um, but the, my dad said it was really cool. So we went. And the one we went, they decided to change things up. Of so instead of, the witch, instead of the witch trial, they had teenagers doing, like, modern dance oh, or whatever crap. What a replacement. Dear me. We we the zombie thing happened. That was cool, but like we literally left. Yeah, of course. Like, it was so crowded and it was lame. And we're like, no, we wanted to see the witch trials. We didn't want to see kids dancing. Sorry. Yeah, that's not what we came Sorry. here for. And um, oh, anyway. so yeah, really, really interesting. I just found that article really, and that's that manualradar.com basically. It's, yeah. it's quite a long thing, but you can have a look at it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when will it end? You know, I Colin, I can't really you know, answer that, really. I just believe it makes for mm. interesting conversation. And, you know, possibly distracts people from other things in their lives they might not want to deal with. Um, or possibly due to cultural and behavioural shaping. It's ingrained in our society and upbringing. You know, it's taught yeah. from generation to generation, kind of like, you mm -hmm. know, um, kind of said rules, but also it's like folklore. It's passed down. It's tradition. Um, yeah. So yeah. they come, become integrated with each other. And who practices superstitions? Who who are the people that we're talking about? All cultures, guys, explain events or things they didn't fully understand, um, which we've spoken about, you know, in, in, about in lots of various parts of this episode. But the kind of thing is, is that everybody does it. You know, I think that, you know, it may have something to do with people who have power influence over others, or it's just social reinforcement. Being socially punished or shunned due to not following the socially acceptable or culturally yeah, acceptable behaviors yeah. can be punishing and or rewarding yeah. if you're doing it in the right way, okay? And how we react to the influence of others. So here's our social reinforcement. 
um, and our, you know, behaviors that are deemed as socially um, appropriate. So yeah, social reinforcement from people can shape our consequent our responses, and it's so it will be impacted about how we are socially reinforced. Who does it impact? Yeah. Simple answers: everyone in some capacity. You know, you yeah. especially if you have social awareness. So these are the kinds of things. So yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything on where, like, when, and who. I, uh, well, I remember just an example. I remember it still happens as an adult. Like if I, for example, if I say to someone oh, it's going to be your birthday soon. And they're like, oh, don't say happy birthday before my day. I'm like, okay, like, it doesn't make a difference. And they just, no, it's bad. Like, still to this day. And they get really freaked out. Oh, yeah. And just, what's the other one about taking down your Christmas decorations before the 6th of January? Oh, that's that one. Because 6th of January, in Portugal at least, is like, is it 6th of January or something? It's the... Um, the wise king day oh. so it's the day they came they they came and brought presents to jesus oh, to baby yeah, the jesus wise and the wise man so like i think in um, in spain i believe they only exchange christmas gifts on the 6th of january oh. because that's the day but in portugal you do it on christmas eve or like on christmas day morning yes. but then I guess it's because it's maybe it symbolizes Christmas being over. Yeah. So you have, but the, I don't know why they've developed. Like the thing is, though, like we if we researched and we understood the origins, it would be much easier to to see how it cre got created. Mm. Um, but yeah, like that would, this would be like a long, long yeah. episode. Just you know, just just digging up all this because it's just it basically like you said. You you mentioned something about. The control and no. like it, and I, that's why I'm not surprised that religion is involved in some of these because it's it's a way to control people mm. is when they they don't know any other explanation. That's why I think science science was such a threat to religion to the church because science basically would explain things no. in a logical way that. If people if people fall like followed science, then yeah. they didn't have to believe superstition, so they didn't have to turn to the church exactly. for guidance or support. And I that's why sometimes I get really annoyed at super like not annoyed annoyed, but it it does peeve me off a bit because I feel the more dependent on superstitions we are, it's almost like we're maintaining our ignorance. Yeah. Like we're 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 being held prisoners of this fear of the unknown thing that horrible thing that might happen and yeah. it's almost like you know it's, a bit it's like almost a, like blaming exactly. sorry no carry on i was just gonna say like it's like blaming the victims like if you don't follow these behaviors something bad will happen because you didn't follow yeah. these behaviors it's almost like blaming someone who was abused or attacked like well it's like you shouldn't have worn that skirt or you should have walked this way home like it's yeah it's almost it's putting the blame on something you don't have any control of yeah exactly there's, um, and that's I think that's what peeves me exactly. There's a great film which talks about you know control called The Village. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, I've heard of it's it. It's like like that. There's apparently this monster yes. like you you can't wear red or the monster likes exactly. red or and something. Exactly, and you've got to you've got to oh, not God. come out at night and whatever. And it's Gosh. how they they structure Gosh. the whole thing. There's a lot of social commentary in it, you know. But how they mm. structure um, to keep this community in check. 
um it's actually fascinating yeah yeah really really good film yeah i'm sure like it's it's sounds very like social experimenty yeah. kind of thing doesn't exactly. it exactly um honestly so yeah i don't know so creepy. i think that's kind of all i had to say about i think yeah like we we were quite quick yeah, eh? i think so relatively exactly <laughs> well in in i just want to say, like in the words of stevie wonder superstition ain't the way I do think that a lot of rules or superstitions we follow came to be due to them being socially reinforced or punished, not necessarily because there are actual consequences for them. Mm. So to fully understand superstition behavior, like we said, we would have to know the origin of each and every single superstition, look at at who and what is reinforcing and maintaining yeah, it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I find it fascinating I'll try to understand... No, it is. It's really interesting. so interesting. Like, understanding superstition is really interesting. And I always ask people from different parts of the world um, and different cultures because I want to... I feel it helps you understand people more and their behavior more from understanding mm-hmm. their culture. Yeah. And specifically superstitions. Why these things happen. And I like to know reasons why. I'm very... I like to ask a question. Um, so I'm always asking. That's why I found it so fascinating looking up at the yeah. Tokoloshi. It's like trying to figure out why has this happened. Um, what I found the most interesting is why people... Well, you would be burned at the stake. Oh, yeah. Because you like to ask why. Um, what I found the most interesting is why people blindly follow it without questioning it. Um, but I think this is, has been mm. behaviorally shaped over many generations. Um, yeah. And as we said, oh, yeah. socially yeah. reinforced or punished, um, depending on which side of the fence you're on. Um, and I've also really enjoyed yeah. researching for this episode. And I really hope you guys enjoyed it as much as Carl and I did, writing it and talking about it yeah. and delivering it. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, guys. Oh, it's me. I don't know if we have any yeah. book suggestions or online articles or recommendations at the moment. Um, uh, to be honest, all the articles we read for Superstition, I didn't think they no. touched on the point we exactly. wanted to. Yeah. Like, um, so, I don't know, like, and there's a lot of pigeon stuff here, because they're really old. I couldn't find anything too recent. Yeah, my stuff on Zulu stuff was also really old. It's, like, written in, like, old English. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I also asked a modern-day Zulu lady. Um, but, um, yeah, I think if you are interested, guys, do some more research on superstitions and where they come from. Um, I think if that's the kind of homework you're looking for. Or if you're looking for other books, you can listen to the Hoot Chronicles. There's a wealth of knowledge in there, which you can also find under, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, under Chirping with ABA Owls. So please contact us, as I said before, if you have any questions or queries on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. That's our email address. And our website is abaowls.com. And, yeah, check our website yeah, for more information on our future online workshops. Anyone can join. doesn't matter where you are in the world. And our next podcast episode will be the first Monday of November. The first, actually. And the Hood Chronicles will be coming out in two weeks' time on the 18th of October. So it's now mid-month. So rate, like, and subscribe to us on Chirping with ABA Owls on iTunes and on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, thank you for listening. And yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.